Hey everybody, welcome to Aaliyah J. Diggs Consulting Podcast. I am so excited to talk about this topic this week, which focuses on first-generation college students. If you don't know, November 8th is first-generation college celebration. Day is the day dedicated to first-generation college students. And again, I'm excited because I am a first-generation college student. Um, Neither one of my parents went to college. Um, I have two older sisters. Neither one of them went to college. And I am the third of four between my parents. And I was the first one. And I had really great mentors who helped me along the way. But at the same time, when I got to college, it was kind of a, you know, figure it out, you know. And again, I did not even know that first generation college student, that language existed because no one really talked about it. I will say something along those lines of like, you know, I'm the first in my family to go to college. So I knew that part. But to actually have the the language to communicate to someone like, you know, and that's one thing that I always tell people, like as first gens, we often know an experience. We have the experiences, but we don't always have the academic language to to use to communicate to other people in academia. And so I think one of the benefits of going to college is expanding your vocabulary, expanding your concepts, your understanding of the world. And I am currently writing a book right now. So hopefully it'll be out within the next few months about um, first gen experiences. And I love to talk about this topic because there are so many first gens. There are so many people who you don't even realize Um, who are the first in their families to go off to college and graduate and all those things. And it's really important because we oftentimes we talk about first gens from a deficit model or, you know, they need certain things. And all of that is true. But I, I personally, I personally like to talk about the first gen experience from an asset based model. Like we may not have the fancy language or we may not have, some of us may not come from uh, affluent backgrounds. However, we still have something to offer. We still have something of value to give. We are not blank canvases. And again, as you read my book, you will hear and see me talk about that concept a lot Um, because it is important that we, as first gens, acknowledge the things that we already have the skills that we already have, the again, the experiences that we already have that, that help shape who we are and the reason that we're in the space of going to college and graduating and continuing education and so forth and so on. Like we didn't just get here just for the sake of it. We had certain skills, a certain mindset, a certain drive, a certain ambition, certain goals, certain aspirations. Can I keep going? <laughs> that That helped us get to where we are. And so, again, I want to focus on those things, those qualities, those skills that help us to get to this place. And again, I am so happy that we have a day that celebrates all of us, all of our experiences, our narratives, our counter narratives. And I value counter narratives as well because, you know, there is a majority, um, but we are all multidimensional and diverse and unique individuals. And although that may be, there may be a um, a dominant perspective on something, 
that doesn't always apply to everybody. There are always exceptions to the rules. There are always people who don't subscribe to certain languages, certain beliefs, certain practices. And I want to acknowledge that as well. So for those folks who are first generation college students who don't like that language, um, I hear you. I understand. Um, Shares another language that you would prefer for us to use just so we can continue to expand our vocabulary. And um, I am also an advocate for first generation professionals because, again, new language that I didn't hear of until several years ago. But, okay, you went off to school, you're a trendsetter, you are paving the way, you are a um, a leader in your community sometimes, a leader in your family, you're changing the narrative, all those things, right? Great. But what happens when you graduate from college and you go on, you go on into the professional and what happens when you graduate college and go off to the workforce? You are still you are still going to need certain skills. There are still things that people are going to expect that you know that you may not know. And then again, there are some who may know, right? Um, But the idea of being the first and being that trendsetter, it doesn't stop, right? Some of us are going to be the first millionaires in our families, first multimillionaires. Like being the first is never easy, but it is always worth it. It is always a, a an accomplishment. And I want to start off with saying being a college student is an accomplishment. Being able to afford college and just going is a privilege and an accomplishment. And then being, then add on being the first, like it just keeps adding on. And I want us to really talk about that and embrace that and know that it's not easy being the first, but it is such a rewarding experience for most. Again, November 8th is the official date for our first generation college celebration. And you can, almost every university has some type of celebration. They have been posting it around on social media. Um, It's everywhere. And and it's really um, a great time. I love following the hashtag and reading people's stories of like first gen stories. Oh, and, and when I say first gen... I want to make this clear distinction, and this is something that I try to really emphasize in my writing and when I talk about first-generation college students. I specifically don't like saying first-gen all the time unless I put it into context first because first-gen can mean you are a first-generation American, the first person in your family uh, who was born in a different country than their parents, you know, like... First gen can also mean that, right? Um, and so when I, when I am talking about first gens, I am specifically talking about people who are the first in their families to go off to college. I think that is a key distinction that we need to make oftentimes. Again, because I follow the hashtag of first gens and I see a lot of stories where they are the first born Americans. They're, you know, they're the first. And that's the celebration within itself. And then there are sometimes uh, a combination they are the firstborn Americans and firstborn North Americans or the firstborn in the United States because, you know, there's three Americas. You got North, Central, and South America. So I want to <laughs> clarify that. Um, but yeah, they some some of them are also the firstborn in the United States and the first to go off to college. So shout out to those who are double first gen in that capacity. I also want to stop and and recognize um, first-gen doctoral students as well. 
right? That is a, a population that is often understudied. It's interesting because although some folks may have parents who got a bachelor's degree or they may have a master's degree, but if you if they just stop there and you're pursuing a, you know, a doctoral degree, that is a different set of experiences that you have that the people around you may not have. And so it comes with those unique experiences and that needs to be talked about more. And that is one of my goals is to really talk about first-generation professionals as well as first-generation doctoral students because these are identities that you can, of course, take on. And it comes with this successes and challenges, peaks and valleys, all those things. But it really is important that we have community because no one wants to enter a new phase in their life and feel lonely like they don't have a support system or anyone to talk to about this this newness. You know, transition is always going to be difficult. Change is always difficult. But when you have people around you who understand what you're going through, who can help guide you, um, that's also important. And I think that's what this whole first gen college celebration is about. It's about that community, about us knowing that we're not alone. We're not the only ones. And and finding other people who you may look up to who can serve as mentors to help you navigate your own career and your own college experience, your own you know doctoral experience, whatever it is. Um, and so, again, I'm just grateful for this day. I am grateful that people are acknowledging this experience and and people are understanding that this specific group may need support, but they also need the agency to advocate for themselves and what they need and what they want and what they see for themselves. So for sure, (laughs) I'm so excited. Um, Again, I just keep saying I'm excited because I am, I truly am. And again, I love the narratives. I want to, I'm so excited to read people's stories and see what where they come from, what have they overcome, what are their accomplishments, what have they been able to achieve in spite of. And I know that that's not um, an anomaly. However, those stories are very inspiring. And it's not like a a story of, if I can do it, you can do it too, in like a hazing type of way, but more so of, you know, you always are going to have obstacles in your life. There are always going to be challenges. Again, there are always going to be peaks and valleys. However, this is how I navigated those. This is how I was able to come out on the other side. This is how I persevered. This is how I show resilience. And I know a lot of people don't like the word resilience. Um, and I, I'm indifferent about the, the term. Um, I get why it's used. I think it's an important word to use when in context. I think for... I think when you use resilience and it's coming from the person is themselves saying it, I think that's the most important way to use it. You know, if you're calling yourself resilient um, because nobody knows your story like you and you know what you've been through. So I think that's appropriate. But to say that um, resilience is something that people must do in order to over all things. That's when I'm like, oh, I don't know about using the word resilience because what people are failing to realize is that, you know, we shouldn't have to be resilient if the systems and if the structures, if the systems and the structures were designed to be all inclusive, you know? So, (laughs) and so with that, I'm laughing, but it's not funny. (laughs) 
It's not funny. But it's also like resilience is a result of navigating racist systems to to navigate every ism you can think of. That's that's why, you know, some people use resistance and don't like the term resistance when it's used as a form of like, okay, get over it. Um, so again, coming back around to first gen, if you are in student affairs. Please make sure you follow the Center for First Gen Student Success. It is a great, it's a great site to have. There's so many resources. There's programs and services, and there's also a journal. There's books. Um, last year, I started a First Gen book club. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to seek and find um, ways to, to help me and to help me with the language again. And so I came across this book called First Gen Professionals and it was phenomenal. I love that book. I probably read it often or I go back to certain sections just to like re-up on the language or just um, just to get skills, you know, just a lot of things, things that resonate with me and, and also challenges me to write as well. Like, okay, how do I become a part of this book in the future? How do I continue to spread awareness and write and contribute to this literature in diverse ways? Like, I'm always trying to figure out how what how can I play my part? What can I do to support, you know? Um and so that book was great and it was funny because I read it out of order. And some people were like, "Why would you do that?" Well, I read it out of order because again, it was a book that I I was just really at a point in my life where I was trying to figure out what did I want to do. And so I looked through the chapters and I realized that there were different topics and I, I did it according to what are the topics that are most important to me and the people who were a part of the book club. And that's kind of what we did. Like at the time, nobody in the book club were really interested in like faculty positions. So that was one of the last chapters or that was one of the last chapters that we read as a, as a group. And so again, I, I, love learning overall, but I also love learning how do I be better? How do I navigate these spaces? How do I navigate these spaces with integrity and also authentically as as much as I want, as authentic as I want to be, you know? Um, how do I advocate for myself? Um, how do I express that I am a little burnt out? How do I say no and feel comfortable saying no? Um, how do I not um be taken advantage of, you know? And so some of those things, and again, I'm writing a book currently, and one of the topics that I talk about is um the I balancing the ideal or the idea of being grateful. I can't speak for anyone else, but I know for me, I have been in so many different spaces, and to be honest, I was just happy to be there. I'm like, okay, what you want me to do? I'm here, I'm gonna do it. Um, what do you need from me? How can I help? All those things, right? Because I was just so excited to be in the room. I was so excited to be in the space. Um, and it got to the point where I felt like I was being a little too, too humble. Like, there are things where, you know, being humble and, and expressing gratitude are always going to be core values of mine. However, there's a uh, there needs to be a clear and defined line between being humble and and um 
what's the word I want to use? And there's a fine line. There's a clear, there needs to be a clear and distinct line between being humble and not, or undermining, undervaluing what you bring to the table. Like there are people who have, I know I have the skills. I know that I have a lot to contribute. But also that humbleness comes in and just the idea of being grateful that, you know, I, I downplay my own my my own skills and my contributions. And that is something that I'm constantly working on. Or even the articulation of my skills. Like I know I could do a lot of things. I know I'm good at doing a lot of things. But how do I convince someone else that I'm good at these things? How do I write about it? How do I communicate it to somebody else? You know, all those things. So I did not do a good job of explaining what I was just trying to say. <laughs> but I definitely just want to reiterate, like, again, there's a, a, a it needs to be a clear line between being too humble and also not acknowledging your skills and what you contribute and what you bring to the table. Um, because, again, sometimes you can just get lost. And again, you're just like, oh, I'm just so happy not to be at home. I'm so happy for this opportunity. I want to take advantage of this opportunity. I want to make the most of it, as you should. We should always make the most out of opportunities. But don't do it to the point where you're burning yourself out or to the point where you're losing sight of who you are because you're trying to mold yourself to fit into spaces that are not always accepting of you or that are not always for you. And that's just the reality of it. <laughs> like, um, and so again, I just want to, I wanted to take the time to talk about these things and really share with folks what it's like to be a first generation college student, what it's like to be a first generation professional, what it's like to be a first first generation doctoral student. Um, and then it's so funny because um currently I'm in a doctoral program and I've worked in higher education for what the last six years of my life. And it's so funny because there are still resources that I don't even know about. And I'm like, how did I work at a college and I know this stuff? <laughs> but it's funny because I take a little bit of the what I do know and just start searching. Or I know that I can ask someone. And so as I'm growing and developing in my in my um like academic portfolio and all that stuff, I am recognizing that I can speak up for myself more. When I was in college, I would like when I was 18 years old, I was scared to go to office hours. I barely knew what they were. But now I'm like, okay, I'm not I may not always use office hours, but I'm going to talk to my professors in some capacity. Uh, I'm always going to reach out to my advisor. Like, I'm not going to wait for them to reach out to me. I'm going to reach out to them first. Like, it's certain stuff that I feel like I am I am driving my, my career now versus when I was 18 years old, I was just kind of on a bus alone for the ride <laughs> and, and not really knowing how much power I had as a student. And not in a way to abuse power, but just knowing that, hey, like, you were struggling in this area socially or even financially, here were the resources that you could have asked for or used, right? Specifically, i share a story. When I was in undergrad, I didn't know that you can add or drop a class. I had no idea. I didn't know that was an option. I wish I would have dropped my Spanish class. 
because me and, and Spanish were, are not friends like that, you know, and, and I hate it because I want to learn another language. Like I would love that. However, it just doesn't work for me. No matter how much I try, how often I try, it's just not a thing. Right. But I stayed in that class because I was like, well, I just need to stay, whatever. I, that was probably the lowest grade that I received period, throughout my whole undergrad career, throughout all of my academic career. That was the lowest grade I ever, um, actually, that's one of the two. <laughs> Let me be honest. That's one of the two lowest grades I ever received out of my entire academic career. And I I didn't know that I could have dropped the class. I could have simply dropped it. Or the fact that I could take up two eighteen credits. So I'm like, okay, I could have Dropped that class for my first semester, took the bare minimum of classes, and then came back the later semesters to, to, you know, get back into that Spanish class, you know? So it's stuff like that, like not realizing how a schedule works and how you can create your own schedule and the minimum and max and the maximum number of credits you can take. Um, I wish I would have known that earlier because I would have rearranged my schedule in a significantly different way. It was to the point that I was taking too many classes. Uh, not in a bad way, but I was taking classes that I didn't need. I graduated with more credits than what I actually needed to graduate. And so it's like those things that nobody really tells you about. Um, although they did help my GPA. Don't get me wrong. They helped my GPA significantly. Uh, <laughs> um, but it was things like I wish I would have known how to do that or anything about that, you know? Um, and it's also funny that, I, and I also wish I would have known other like campus resources and campus services, you know, like they give them to you and all those things, but I just wish I had the mindset at the time to really maximize them on them. And that's why like, I feel like when I went off to get my master's degree, I was really on top of that stuff. Even though there was a lot of adjustments and transitions that I had to go through, I still feel like that was I was very on top of it because again, I used my undergrad experiences to help me navigate grad school and now here I am in a doctoral program and I'm using some of those same skills. And also I think about how my mindset has changed, you know, from that gratefulness that I talked about earlier. And when I was in undergrad, I was just so grateful to to be in college and to have this experience to to live 600 plus miles away from my family, to meet friends from all over the, the world. Like I was I was so excited about that, that I also didn't know about the social part. I thought college was mainly going to be about me academically. So that's what I primarily focused on. I didn't even really enjoy the social aspect of it. Right. Um <laughs> and all of the other service, I didn't really f- take full advantage of my undergrad experience. And that is something that I wish that I would have known or somebody would have told me to balance it. Um, because I did, I heard all the horror stories. I heard all the negative of, you know, don't, don't participate in illegal activity. Don't do all of that, which is true. And okay, I'm with you on that. However, but I let that feel like, I let that be at the forefront of my mind all the time. Like, 
oh, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get kicked out of school. Like, all I want to do is make sure I can come back the next semester. Like, my whole thing was like, will I be able to come back next semester, next semester, next semester? Would I be able to graduate? Like, the social part was great, and I had a little bit of it, but I definitely did not maximize on that full experience and really value and take advantage of networking. Right? You don't sit back and realize, oh, the people I'm going to school with right now are going to be my lawyers in the future or you know like not having that foresight to to see the the long you know just to see what is next right and the fact that we're all growing and learning together we're all around the same age at this point trying to figure it out um and then when I go off to to my master's degree again I'm coming in with I want to because I didn't maximize my time in undergrad I'm maximizing my time now like (laughs) I'll at one point, I had three jobs. I had two internships in my main assistantship. I'm like, I'm maxing out everything. I also knew that I had to find what I loved outside of school and work. So that's when I really started to go to concerts a lot. And I was finally in a financial situation where I could spend money on that. Um, and so it's again, it's like when I was in undergrad, I didn't have no money. <laughs> Any money that I had was going towards paying for schooling books and laundry, things that I didn't know I had to pay for. I didn't know I had to pay for books or laundry. Um, and so focusing on that part and just, you know, doing the bare minimum and socially. And then I get to master's and I'm like, okay, all of that's taken care of. I got free laundry. I got free, you know, housing. I got meal plan. School is taken care of. I'm getting a paycheck. Now I can do things for me. Um and and that's the part that I'm grateful for, you know, being able to to change my my life in in my circumstances and and have a savings account and knowing that I have money like that that was a relief because I'm also from a low SES background, so that was a great experience. And so now here I am as a doctoral student, you know, I'm professional. I got my own businesses, like. Who I am in the last 10 years is just so funny to think about because completely different. And my mindset going into my doctoral degree in my doctoral program is to finish, get it done and get it done well. That's it. Like, I personally don't want the social aspect now. Right. And my program is fully online. Like, I have a few people that I talk to that we connect and I focus on those. I focus on building connections and sustaining those connections. That's what I focus on. Um, I also focus on, you know, just making sure that what I'm doing is in what I'm doing is in alignment with my overall career goals. So making sure I'm talking to my advisor about okay, what these these courses, what do I need for here? Making sure I'm taking advantage of extra credit because that's something I didn't do in grad in undergrad. Again, that's something that I didn't do in undergrad. I didn't really. I just did my work and was like, okay, I didn't really take advantage of extra credit. Now I'm I'm taking advantage of every extra credit opportunity. Um, you know, it's 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 just a different mindset. So I'm sharing all of this to say. Who you are and how much you're going to grow and develop is going to be truly evident as you continue throughout your journey. And again, it's going to be it's going to be peaks and valleys. But I really want to emphasize the importance of celebrating your accomplishments, Uh, being able to see your growth, reflect on how much you've grown, how much you have changed for, you know, like those are the things. Those are the stories that I can't wait to tell my children and my grandchildren. 
about how much I've overcome and where I am now and how I got here. So thank you all so much for listening to Aaliyah J. Des Consulting Podcast. Again, shout out to all first-generation college students, all first-generation professionals, all first-generation doctoral students, and anybody else who's a first-generation in some capacity in their family. Shout out to you. You are paving the way. You are a trailblazer. You are a trendsetter, and I'm so proud of you. Thank you all so much for listening. I'll talk to you all soon. Bye.